0: I know that you have been watching the fear street trilogy and had some positive things to say that I have not yet watched. So in 30 seconds or less, tell me on why I need to watch that series. Uh, a nostalgia. It, it, it's what American horror
1: stories should be. <laughs> it is a, it is a throwback to three different eras with one ghost story that kind of strings us from the 1600s all the way to 1994, which is the present day. Um, Sadie Sink from, Stranger Things is in it, and she's fantastic. As is uh, Gillian Jacobs from Community; uh, she's in it too, and she's really good. And it's it's like it's rated R, so it's it's horror, it's gory, and it it goes it goes there. Like it, it's it's very it's not a perfect masterpiece, but it's fun. I loved it.
0: That sounds great. I'm uh flying on a red-eye flight tomorrow and I don't sleep very well on planes. So maybe my best bet is to just download all three of those things and just knock make sure there's no the course of the night.
1: Just make sure there's no like kids in the plane behind you like looking over your shoulder. Um I don't think there's any nudity. Uh, there's there's some butts, but um but it it there's a part in there's a sec, there's one thing that happens maybe like two thirds of the way through part one. And I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it. It was great. It was fun. I was like, Oh, like the vibe is really cool. The actors are great. And then this one thing happens and I was like, Oh, they're going for it. They, they just did that. Okay, here we go. And I was like, and then I was sold on the whole thing.
0: Okay. okay. And once you watch it, you'll know what I
1: mean. You know what I'm talking about? So you're saying like,
0: I need, I need to be like in a window seat so I can kind of have it turned toward me. (laughs) Totally. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Should we talk about the real American Horror Stories now? Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, uh, a podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story and the new FX show American Horror Stories. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted. Chris What's Husted. up
1: everyone? <laughs> Woohoo.
0: <laughs> How's it going, Chris? Um uh pr- pretty I good. Mean- yeah, yeah. We are excited to be covering this week, episode three of American Horror Stories, uh, called Drive-In. You know, this is our first adventure into kind of a new world after having revisited Murder House in the last episode. Um, I will say that, based on some of the commentary, it seems like there's a fair number of people who agreed with our assessment of American Horror Stories. And there were some that thought maybe we were being a little bit too harsh, which I understand. I think that for me... You know, the reason that we were kind of... I, And, you know, we we say it with love. But the reason that we had constructive criticism is just because we had revisited Murder House so recently and also had done it again in Apocalypse. And it's like, we've kind of been there. It's always fun to revisit, but we were... I, you know, I think you and I were both just, especially with the American Horror Stories format, craving something a little bit... that felt a little bit more fresh. And so it seemed like there was ways they could have had a little bit more kind of dramatic twist. You know, something that was... Just felt a little bit more new than kind of the path they took. That said, it's, you go ahead.
1: It seems like it's ripe for experimenting with format and storytelling or going a different direction, but it felt very American Horror
0: Story. It felt very Murder House still, which we love. <laughs> but again, sorry, continue. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, with that being said, I'm ex- am excited to talk about Drive In, which, as we said, is. Uh, a, a different speed altogether with new characters and everything. Uh, before we dive into that, I, as always um, want to remind everybody that they can reach out to us with comments, theories, questions, whatever they want at this American horror story at gmail.com, or can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash this American horror story. And of course, rate us, review us on iTunes. That always is uh, much appreciated by us and helps us get found by the wider American horror story and stories communities. Um, a couple things I wanted to bring up is we, we did get some emails and the past week and a a few of them I'll wait and kind of intermingle when we actually talk about this episode. But the first thing I wanted to say is that um, Taylor H emailed us and basically, you know, we didn't really talk about this last episode, but there's a lot of parallels so far this season and it carries on in driving in terms of, like names from past seasons of American Horror Story. You know, um, the main character, of course, in the last, Amer- in Rubber Woman was named Scarlet, whereas we'll remember that Thaisa Formiga's character from the original season of Murder House was named Violet. Mm-hmm. So there's some parallels there. We also had a Troy um, mm-hmm. in um, in Rubber Woman, where one of the little ginger kids who, um, was you know, Troy gets murdered and continues to run the house. I think. Something like that, Troy and Brad, and then we also have a Chad in American mm-hmm. Horror Story: and Murder House as well. Chad Warwick, of course, Zachary Quinto's character. Who we also have a main character, Chad, in Driven. So we're and recycling a lot of our names.
1: Larry is the name of the director, and Larry from Murder House. Mur- That's De- true. Genesis maybe we're
0: going to use all our. Maybe we're going to use all our Murder House names uh, at one point or another. We'll have to see. <laughs> we haven't had a Ben. We haven't had a Ben yet. Um, Certainly haven't had a, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of some of the other names from Moira. We haven't had a Moira yet. We'll have uh, to see if some of these ones get thrown. But these are a little bit more unique. So we'd yeah. <laughs> catch it. Yeah, but maybe, maybe those are parallels that will continue. I'm not exactly sure why they would be, you know, what the, the tie-in is. Maybe it's just kind of a for fun thing, an Easter egg thing. But if anyone has theories as to why they were using names, certainly that'd be fun. I mean, maybe it just gives kind of the whole universe that more threaded together feel. Right. All right, so before we dive into drive-in, um, normally Chris and I are drinking a beverage when we, you know, typically review American Horror Story. I feel like because American Horror Stories, we're doing shorter little episode reviews. A lot of the time, it's like the afternoon for me. So, again, I've just got like a coffee over here or something like that. You're not drinking anything interesting, are you? I
1: have a mini Coke.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Fewer calories. Yeah. Good well, and
1: also like sometimes I don't want a whole soda. I just need like a, just a little bit. In summertime, hot. A nice cold
0: Coca-Cola sounds great. Yeah 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 i feel we're like open feel for like sponsorships it. by the way <laughs> That's, yeah come on coke um so let's talk about the cold open uh you want to walk us through that yeah in in
1: in a very condensed version of what happened we've got two teenagers messing around fooling around getting a little you know frisky with each other the uh the the teenage girl kelly her name is is uh not ready to go all the way um in a really funny twist, there's uh Bob Ross painting on the TV in the background because Chad thinks that's a, a good way to get girls in the mood. auto um, Autosensory
0: and, Meridian response.
1: Right. Um which I was like, oh there's a name for that, because I love to watch Bob Ross. I don't I don't get turned on but <laughs> or get in the zone. <laughs> I just like relax. Anyway. <clears throat> um anyway, they end up fighting because she's not ready and he says it's been six months and you did it. Uh, you were with that other boyfriend for six months and you did it with him. And she's like, how do you know that? Like that? And, and it turns out it's not even true. Um, so she storms out of there and he says, I'm going to die virgin. <laughs> um, and that kind of sets up the, the, the premise for wh- what's going to happen, what, what his, what the stakes are for the both of them and what, what he, his mission is. Um, is there anything else I
0: missed in that part? I don't think anything you missed in that part. I think, yeah, it's just uh, the beginning extent. I mean, it's kind of a long, cold open because then we get back yeah. to the school scene. We meet his kind of friends who are all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And they're all kind of like making the jokes about, you know, there's the one friend who I believe is named Quinn, kind of the jerk, who's always like making the really lame jokes about, like, she'll paint you with her lips or something. You know, there's like some really corny lines. Sergeant we will be ready
1: to shuck. <laughs> It's like some of this dialogue is very American <laughs> horror story, but it's also like, oh, I thought it was,
0: yeah, yeah, I think it's specific. I, I think it was intentional, which I kind of enjoyed, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I thought that the, the Bob Ross introduction was a fun part of it, you know. Um, I think actually Bryce in an email to us mentioned this, and I agree with him that it was kind of a fun subversion of this trope where it's like, you know, you have this couple who's like making out and getting sexy at the beginning of a movie of a mm-hmm. horror movie, and there's like, normally, there's like something. I don't know. Sometimes, a lot of times there's like something, you know, sexy music or something like that. But the fact they're watching kind of Bob Ross is kind of like a right. weird note inside of it makes it, well, makes it a little bit amusing. And then it's, and then uh,
1: Chad's friends, Quinn and I um, can't remember the other guy's name, uh, tell him that the real way to get in a girl's pants is through fear. And take her to a scary movie. By the way, this movie's coming out. It's got this whole urban legend around it. It's called Rabbit Rabbit only shown one time 1986 and uh caused the viewers to attack each other and i believe it was six people died um in that in that screening and it hasn't been shown since um one of my favorite parts about this cold open is that one of the friends also name checks uh bloody disgusting website dread central and uh fangoria magazine like so like all lots of horror references coming in uh through the dialogue uh, of these characters, which is pretty cool. But anyway, that sets Mm. up kind of like the urban legend and like, all right, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go to the drive-in. Chad's going to think about this and probably take Kelly and see if that works to
0: to help him lose his virginity. For sure. We also get a couple additional things. Like the the way this... um Cold open ends, I believe, is when Chad watches the uh, sent, like censorship hearings about Rabbit Rabbit on YouTube, um, and that's when we find out John Carroll Lynch is going to be in this episode as Larry Bitterman, um, and we have the whole Tipper Gore scene, which kind of ends in I, like a very dramatic way. Like, I did not expect him to like after she basically says that they're going to get rid of the last copy, the way he like runs at the podium yeah. and jumps over and starts like slamming her against the wall. I mean, it's brutal, but it also, I mean, it was it was shocking in a way that like. I was kind of surprised by, it. and I was like, "Oh man, yeah. that's intense." And historically,
1: that comes from um, the a correct event um, when Tipper Gore was. I think it was more about music, um, asking artists to disclose if their music is appropriate for children or not. Uh, it was big, kind of in the '80s uh, when that was happening. So, um, so that cool kind of reference there.
0: Yeah, and we find out later he ended up going to prison for that for fifteen I mean, obviously. years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is a long yeah, time. Of... Right, right. Um, I also want to say we went and transitioned from that into a new credit scene, which I thought was awesome. I loved it. It was so good.
1: It was so good. I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled because we were wondering if they were going to do a different one for each uh, topic or episode. And this one was incredible. Uh, I'm so excited to see the rest of them. But, like, yeah, I loved it. The the images, the, the kind of dusty westerny feel of a drive-in it was
0: the vintage feel of it, 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 it but spookiness. it was so cool loved i it. really liked it yeah i really loved it too um and of course we t- we talked about some of the kind of returning you know actors and new actors we see we obviously we talked about Gerald uh john carol lynch already we know naomi grossman ends up playing who was you know as we know pepper from uh freak show and, and from asylum um She ended up playing the, like, one-eyed, I guess, survivor of... Yeah. Who, uh, you know, her and her boyfriend had watched the original Rabbit Rabbit. um, And that's how she lost her eye the first time around. So we learn more about her. Um, Chad is played by Renzi Felice, who's from Marvel's Runaways. And uh, I believe Kelly is played by Madison Bailey, who's from the Outer Banks. And then the other character you and I both called out is really enjoying is uh, played by the actress Adrienne Barbeau, who I think we were looking up earlier was like she was... um, What's the character from the original Grease? She was Rizzo, Rizzo. in the original original cast of Grease on Broadway. You, you were saying she was in a bunch of other old horror movies.
1: Yeah, she, was, she did Swamp Thing, Creep Show, Escape from New York, and The Fog. And I was like, wow. And those were all like back to back to back. And then I looked. Uh, she was married to John Carpenter, the John Carpenter, for a couple so years. that's awesome. Between those, yeah. when those movies were being filmed. So, I mean, those are some of my favorite movies.
0: Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, like a face to the name, that she's the one who played the, um, basically like the crusty old owner of the drive-in, who mm-hmm. kind of ends up going nuts and getting her face peeled off. <laughs> and also, I wanted to note too that this episode was directed by Eduardo Sanchez, mm-hmm. who um, I believe when I looked this up, he co-directed and co-wrote uh, the Blair Witch Project.
1: Yeah, I, I when I looked that up too, I was like, oh wow, like I mean, not necessarily how far the mighty fall, but this guy is like innovative and like did. Legit one of the most incredible horror films that shocked everyone of all time.
0: I know. I don't know about you. I was kind of looking for some kind of like to see if he was doing, going to do any kind of stylistic stuff for, like similar to Blair Witch. And I don't really feel like I got that. sense. I mean, it was beautifully shot, but mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I got that sense from this episode. Same. Yeah, so, you know, I think there was a lot of other things to like about this episode, at least in, from, in my opinion. Uh, I thought the atmosphere of the drive-in was awesome. I did like that we had a trans character front and center here. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and, and I thought the actress who played D did a very good job. But I, Bryce had a good comment on this that I thought was, inter- you know, is a very fair point. And he emailed and said, you know, I don't know how I feel about the hypersexualizing of of que- queer characters. It's kind of becoming a trope within itself. And I think that's fair because, you know, it, it was a little bit over the top how much they kind of made um the you know there was the the friend of Chad's that she was really into, and it did seem a little bit over the top in that sense. I mean clearly it leads to that really hor you know the horror scene when she ultimately bites his penis off, I believe yeah um I, I think
1: the actor might be uh nonbinary as well
0: okay, okay but so, they, so that's a good call out as well. yeah uh, yeah so they but that's a good call out
1: but yeah i i and I mean do so that that scene where the wiener gets bit um and spit out and you see it that was pretty gnarly um i we all knew it was coming i feel like and that's a little totally.
0: annoying um plus but that was part of the murder house uh, yes Moira yes does very it. true mm-hmm. I, that's fair too i did feel like though what you know to a certain extent this episode very much felt like i think it was supposed to feel like the old kind old-fashioned kind of horror movie you would see at a drive-in and that yeah. it was like over the top a little bit totally grindhouse you um, yeah, I was about to say. Do you remember when Tarantino did his own Grindhouse films? Mm-hmm. That was probably early, or like maybe early 2005, maybe or something In like 2000s. that. the 2000s, yeah, or late. Yeah, yeah, late and months. he kind of tried to imitate that feel too. And I think that they, that's it. Felt to me kind of like that's what they were going for with this, which I thought was neat to a certain extent. You know, that genre is kind of inherently predictable and a little bit over the top, and that's kind of what you're drawn to. And there's very flamboyant characters like you know, which fits well with Naomi Grossman's. You know, character with the eye patch, or kind yeah. of the really gruff um, owner of the drive-in, and those kind of things, which I thought the, the, did a good job of.
1: The whole setup when they're like, when you know, the the the, the movie reels like a little late, so we, we get to like the way we get to meet all the characters and like in their different cars and stuff. That whole setup, I was like, this, this is what I'm talking about, American Horror Stories. Like, this is I'm excited. This is gonna be fun. I know it's gonna get crazy and messy, and the shit hasn't hit the fan yet, but uh, this is I. I I mean the characters aren't the most deep ones, but that's what makes this fun. Um, I, 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 right. This is more of the style of a, of what I'm looking for in an anthology series. Like, uh, this looks like it could have stood as one of the movies uh, or one of the sections in like VHS or VHS two. Um, any of these anthology series. This this is much more what we're looking for, I think.
0: Exactly, and you know, I think I don't remember if it was Taylor, or if it was somebody else who commented on our Facebook page, or, or any, maybe it was. Um maybe it was Amy in a uh, message on Facebook, but we had some different folks message us and say, it felt like this particular episode should have been the first episode of stories versus kind of going back to murder house. And, you know, we talked about, it makes sense kind of why they probably revisited murder yeah. house to kind of ease people into this new series. But to your point, this very much kind of felt this episode to me felt like what I had expected stories would be to a mm-hmm. certain extent. Um, a couple other things I want to call out kind of before like the real horror starts taking place. Um, there's a point in which the drive in, uh, the drive-in manager um, who's played by Adrian Barbeau. I, I think you say it, Barbeau. I, that's just a guess from reading it. Yeah. Um, she makes a reference about all the different movies that she's kind of like worked with over the years. <laughs> um, Cause like Bitterman is like questioning her ability basically to play this movie and like get all the, you know, the technical pieces right to basically for it to wreak havoc the way he wants it to. Mm-hmm. And she mentions um, Clockwork Orange Uh, and Stanley Kubrick. And I don't think that's a very incidental reference because those of you who have ever watched Clockwork Orange know a major part of the movie is basically the main character as Punishment kind of is forced to watch this bizarre montage of images that, I mean, drives him to insanity. I mean, how would you best describe that? I think that's, Um, I
1: mean, that's how I would say it. (laughs) Just there's something that just disconnects in the brain and, Fires the synapses in a different way, and it does something to to your to your neurological
0: makeup, <laughs> right? And we're later on when Bitterman talks about like the way The Exorcist had layered um, images of a demon within. That's it, mm-hmm. yeah. It kind of it kind of lined up with that too. So we're, st- I mean, that was obviously a blatant call out, but you're kind of getting the same idea that these subliminal images can like totally screw up what's going this... on in your your brain.
1: A lot, while you're talking about this, this might be a good time to mention that Manny Koto is the uh, writer for this, and there are so many references packed into this episode. It's like a horror f- film buffs' like delight. It's it's pretty cool.
0: That's a good point. There, I was also going to mention that there's a fair amount of meta commentary on like the state of horror movies today. Yes, you know, there's a lot of complaints built in, which is funny because when you think about, you know, some of the folks that we have in this in this particular episode, like there are a lot of it's a lot of throwback horror folks. I mean, even like, you know, obviously director of the Blair Witch Project and Adrian Barbeau. We we're talking about all those movies she was in and stuff like that. So maybe they're kind of talking about, you know, it's this very the, the golden days.
1: It reminds me of Scream. Randy Meeks, the character in Screams, who uh, for one, Scream 1 and 2, where, again, it's meta in that Wes Craven, like, let's talk about what horror films are today and chad says this was back in the beginning of the episode but he does say horror films suck now they're either low-rent shit to fill up a streaming menu or pretentious crap that puts you to sleep which is so funny that's so meta to hear that uh piece of dialogue because obviously ryan murphy has been hired by netflix and is just producing like he's got a great deal with them he's just like churning out stuff i'm not saying he's churning out shit but the joke that People will maybe call this, which is part of a uh, horror thing that's a horror series that's streaming on a on a streaming uh, platform shit also. Is, it's just, it's
0: kind of the tongue in cheek, the meta. It's what I like when I see a horror movie. Right. And then of course, Rabbit Rabbit starts rolling. And I'm try- like, I don't remember. We don't actually ever see any frames from Rabbit Rabbit, right? You. S- I think we can kind of see like the bottom of
1: it and it's like, it just looks like a bloody mess of something. I don't know. We Yeah, we don't get yeah. to see it, though.
0: What we do get to see, though, is close-ups on the eyes of everyone mm. as they're watching, as they kind of slowly get bloodshot. This gave me, like, you know, zombie movie vibes. What came to mind for me was, like, 28 Days Later. Um, you know, uh, what was the one with Brad Pitt um, that's based on the book? A oh, World, World War, War Z, Z kind of vibes. The, the way, these, like, these zombies kind of, like, run really fast. Those are two movies where, like, instead of kind of being the you know, um, slow moving zombies of walking dead. Those are like the type of zombie people that like run at you in a really terrifying and fast way. Um, I also thought a great effect here was that, you know, the reason that like, for instance, Chad and Kelly and some of these others didn't get hypnotized by the movie is because their windows were all fogged up from making out and stuff like that, which I thought was a really kind of clever, um, trick to kind of slip into it.
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, well, you know, what, what do you think the message about sexes in this episode. We can talk about that at the end, I guess, if you want to get through the rest, but think about that and come back to me.
0: I, okay, I'll, I'll noodle on it and for the remainder and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, circle back. Um, Naomi Grossman losing her other eye was like one of those scenes where I was like, Oh yeah. But, in an entertaining way, <laughs> like I felt bad. For I felt bad we didn't get more of her, but that was like a gruesome and great scene.
1: Yeah, she was like hardly in it at all. I was kind of disappointed because
0: there's some cool backstory. I'm sure I want to hear what happened in 1986 more. You know, I know. I mean, and that's the thing about this is because you know, and it's just the nature of being packed into an hour, um, and not even an hour. These are like 40 because they're, they're like 40, actual. Right. They're, we're not even getting a full hour, so I think it, it's too bad because I think that these episodes could like an hour, like 58 minutes would be a perfect amount of time to like tie up the story just a little bit cleaner. You know, I feel like we rushed through a few things a little too much. Um, you know, Chad and Kelly are left over at the movie theater and all of a sudden they kind of become bad asses. They find a shotgun somewhere. Um, him. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. This is, this is unfortunately where the episode really starts to slide down for me. Um, yeah, the, um, the the spending so much time in the in the projection room like we only really had two sets for what happens we have the car section and then they run and then the then they're in the projection room and they spend a lot of time there and that's where Chad um almost turns as well cuz he starts getting caught watching the the film a little bit um but it's the uh the projectionist the owner uh, that attacks Kelly and then that snaps him out of it. And then he like really violently kills the zombified uh, owner of the place with the with the metal reel and just like slamming it on her face. And that that was interesting that he that they, I didn't know if that's maybe because he had seen a little bit of the film. So he was starting to get violent or he's
0: just lost it himself anyway. It, yeah, it gets pretty gory and brutal at that stage. And then he passes um, out and
1: then we like wake up a couple hours later. What? <laughs>
0: That was a little confusing. And then, obviously, they end up tracking Bitterman down. Um, I thought Real there were some easily. good moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, hey, we didn't have that much time to work with. So, they track him yeah. down. Um, there were some good moments of this. I mean, obviously, John Kerlin is always fantastic. I thought that he was great. I liked seeing the flashback where he, like, after he did all the things to optimize the movie to, like, make it so it would really screw with people. Um, he comes in and, like, the person who's editing the movie is, like, slowly cutting off chunks of her finger. Or for with fingers. The, that with was, the... like...
1: With the razor slicer for film. It was, yeah. Oh That was, yeah, cool. that, was that was cool. <laughs> that was gross,
0: but good. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of says the whole line that sums it up. It was, he said, you know, it's a cinematic experience where the horror is in the audience, which I thought was a pretty clever idea for this entire episode. Yep. Um, and I, I appreciated that part of it too. Uh, last couple questions I have for you at the end. I mean, obviously, you know, Bitterman says here, it's only act one. Um, you know, and I was going to ask you at this point, like, if you thought there's like there maybe we're going to do a sequel or something in this, but I think we get the answer to this at the end, where like he obviously had something planned with Netflix to have it roll out on all yeah. the Netflix platforms.
1: I don't know why he just didn't say like, "the like the copy's digital now." Sorry, like you can't do anything. You can kill me, but it, it exists on Netflix. Like, you're well. It made it, for a
0: little bit of a good twist at the end, I guess, when we see it like pop up on Netflix. Um, why well, yeah, I did also blocks. notice. I know. Also, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a clown statue in his trailer, like they shoot see that. you before he dies, and it was like, ah, that's a twisty reference. Oh, so,
1: cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. No, uh, when he when he said, um, you know, I, I I actually paused to see how much time was left when they got to the trailer because I was anticipating and I was hoping that we were going to have this other like action sequence where they're at the other screening that was supposed to happen. Uh, the next day or whatever and try the secret one and like trying to get to it but then turning like you know a bunch of other stuff happening um but then it just ends in the trailer where all of a sudden kelly is down to like shoot a bro in the kneecap <laughs> and, they blow, <laughs> and then, him then they blow him up <laughs> yeah and they walk out of it like a tarantino film remind me of um kill bill when um uh uma thurman like uma thurman. walks out of the the trailer uh which great i mean i loved it but it was like what what movie am i watching now um but i paused it because i was like oh that's a perfect um setup for like the third act and then there what like there wasn't really a third act you and... know it, it's it should have been another 15 minutes or what they should have done is we had three sections of like expository uh discussion regarding the the urban legend of of rabbit rabbit We get it in the beginning when the kids are telling the friend and then we get Chad like Googling and watching the video also like talking about what the film is and stuff like that. And then at the end, even though I love John Carroll Lynch, he's again repeating, being a little redundant with like what the film was and why he chose to do it. And that, it it went on kind of a long
0: time at the end there when he was
1: talking, don't you think?
0: I agree with you. And I think the other thing that we probably spent a little bit too much time talking about was just um, the Chad and, Kelly's sexual relationship <laughs> um yeah. which I know that was supposed to be like kind of like the motivator for why they decide to go to the movie and why all the, I mean you know it, it's kind of an undertone but I feel like it could have been uh cut down a little bit as well to yeah. give us a little bit more time for kind of the action piece of this um, but of course that, that is how this ends is that you know they actually had their real six-month anniversary now that they've gone through all this that they feel comfortable sleeping with each other just as Rabbit Rabbit gets released on Netflix, which I thought was a very cool shot when you just see it all of a sudden pop up. Um, I do have to say, and other people pointed this out to us as well, that I think uh, Hulu must not have loved the fact that we had Netflix pop it up unless, unless we're making a statement about Netflix having a movie that kills people. I don't know. Um, and then you kind of get a city exploding outside the window a la like, Fight Club um, on the horizon as things start to explode. Yeah,
1: it, it it it's it could have set it up for something fun to happen. Um I mean, I'll, I I don't know. I I don't want to pick it apart too much toward the end because then it's like it's ruining the fun of it. And and I we've had people say like, "Don't forget you're watching American horror story. Like it's it, for it's sure. going to be silly and things won't make sense." There are a bunch of things that don't make sense, like how Netflix would be able to put a movie on their platform that no one had watched and done any and <laughs> screened it ahead of time. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I do like the Netflix reference and I do like it because Ryan Murphy is has his Netflix deal, although this is on Hulu because this is part of his FX deal. Um, so it's kind of a fun little jab at uh, at, at I think at Ryan making a joke about himself, which is which is cool.
0: Yeah, I did like that, too. It was another kind of there's a little little meta things in here, you know, which I like yeah. as well. Uh, Mm Um, to circle back to your, I was going to circle back to your comment about like, what do you think? Well, so let's see, we had the relationship, well, I don't even know what we call it. We had like the date between obviously D and Chad's other friend where D bites off the friend's penis. Um, we have the making out in the car that saves Chad and Kelly from, you know, getting morphed by the zombie movie. But at the same time we already had, you know, we knew he was a version at the beginning. Um, and then by the end they are having sex. In the final scene, um, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a there's an element of female empowerment here a little bit, I guess, because I mean, um, I mean, you certainly you have the scene with D biting the penis off, but then you have um, Kelly. Well, I mean, she's there, he's kind of shaming her a little bit at first for a false rumor about her having ha- like mm-hmm. had sex with some other guy from school, but then I guess I guess in the end she kind of comes around to doing it on her, you know. On her own timeline but at the same time he's kind of been pressuring her the whole time so i don't even know if that's true um yeah i don't know i don't know what is the clear message you think they're trying to send there
1: i i don't think it is clear because um d is hilarious and says things like don't be afraid of the dick or whatever (laughs) it's (laughs) a kelly um and uh d like goes for it and still turns even though d is having you know relations with Quinn or which whatever the guy's name was that was the the other one
0: yeah well that's the thing too is like d was so into that guy but then was it like kind of more interested in like watching the movie well i well yeah
1: (laughs) it was yeah it didn't really make a ton of sense but um and then and then i i i I, I assume that that kelly and brad did or uh, chad did not have sex in the car, they were just like making out and like they were going to, but they didn't get there yet because they all still had their clothes on and stuff. So
0: I, I don't think they had sex in the car, yeah. Because I they think it was supposed them. to be a big, yeah, yeah. Because I think it was supposed to be a big deal when they finally, well, when Kelly says now it's our six month anniversary and basically like now that we've gone through this together, we're at a we're closer than we were before kind of thing. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe
1: that's the message that sex is good and bad,
0: <laughs> maybe so, <laughs> depending maybe on so.
1: how what's what, what's happening. <laughs> Yeah. Um,
0: well. Yeah. Well. So let's see. What would be something good to rate this particular episode by? Um, rabbits.
1: What, um, thumbs up. Like a movie reviewer, or what, what? Oh yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. We can do. We can do traditional thumbs up. That is fun. Like, okay.
1: Um. I would say I give this maybe chunks
0: of thumb. Chunk chunks of thumb. of
1: thumb. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I really liked it. I think this film kind of reminded me. Maybe just because I saw Fear Street recently but it really reminded me sort of like a Goosebumps but like a little more adult version um, mm-hmm. uh, and it just felt more fun and fresh and kind of cool uh, the casting was good uh, obviously there's some flaws in it that we pointed out I think I would give this a uh, f- three and a half I'm half. I'm I'm saving my fo- four, four is usually like a really solid one and this one was solid up until the last quote unquote act um, yeah so That's I would give this three and a half thumbs, severed thumbs, chunks of thumbs, um, chunks of thumb. But I, yeah. I, the, like I loved it. i I'm,
0: I'm. It was a forty minutes well spent. But what do you, what do you give it? I really liked it, especially because you know I was a little lukewarm on rubber. The episodes of Rubber Woman, um, I thought, I thought the acting was much better in this one. I thought there was, I mean. The writing had its silly moments, but I think I felt like it was more intentional in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. And also there was a lot of like hidden stuff happening. We talked about some of the allusions that were made, some of the subtext, some of the Easter eggs to both to American Horror Story and to other movies. I thought that was all a lot of fun. Um, we had another kind of a couple other, you know, really great moments from kind of just small, um, small roles from actors like Adrian Barbo's uh, like I thought that was another really great, well, um, just like little almost, I don't even know if we'd call it a cameo. It was just, it, it was a, it was a role, but it was like, we didn't get to see a ton of that character, or that person, but um, that was a really fun little bit. Um, It was all, yeah, it was, there was funny moments. There was good horror moments. I love the drive, like the drive-in concept and the credits. Uh, John Carroll Lynch was great. I agree with you. Like, you know, we already talked about this previously. It seemed like it moved a little too fast toward the end. And the resolution was maybe a little, well, I don't even, excuse me, I don't even want to say it's clean because it, it's not really a happy ending, but the, the Chad and Kelly story gets tied up a little too easy, um, yeah. but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how much I care about that because I thought it was a lot of fun, and it, this is exactly kind of what I was hoping for from American Horror Stories, and I feel like it was very much in line with... Um, what I expect when that kind of I have this particular genre, especially when I'm thinking like drive-in horror movie, like you said, Grindhouse, uh, it very felt it, like I feel like I hit the right notes for that. So for me, this was a great one. I'm going to give it four and a quarter. Like, Ooh, it's pretty pretty solid. That's um, good. Just because, and I'm doing that, you know, from a position of like comparing this, like I said, to how I felt about Rubber Woman, and I felt like this was this could this should it probably could have and should have led the series um, as the pr- premiere of stories. I just felt like it was really great, and if they keep putting out more episodes that are in this vein. I'm really excited for what's to come.
1: Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I would, I, I like this direction. Um, I do hope we go a little more adult. I'm kind of tired of seeing these teenagers.
0: <laughs> That's a li- we've stuck with YA a little bit for these first yeah. three episodes. Yeah,
1: and it's fine to have some. I mean, Murder House had Violet and Tate and their whole situation, but it also had Ben and Vivian and um, and other ghosts and adults and other complications and things so i do hope we get some more um adult things that uh, down the line but again love this direction i'm super pumped i'm getting excited that, like it's i know it's july but this is getting me ready for october
0: like i'm super excited me too me too so that is uh seven and three quarters chunks of severed um, so, I think it's pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> That's really we're, good. We're building up. I like it a lot. Yeah, that, this was a fun episode. Um, thanks to everybody for emailing in um, and posting on Facebook and sending us messages about your questions, thoughts, and theories. Um, we're always going to try to integrate those as much as we can into these episodes. Um, as always, you can join us on Facebook.com at the, uh, slash This American Horror Story to comment on things or reach out or whatever you want to do or to email us at this American Horror Story at gmail.com with questions, theories, all that stuff. Um, and as always, check us out on your different uh, podcast platforms. Rate us, review us. We really appreciate that. Um, anyway, until next time, uh, we'll have another one served up, I guess, this coming Thursday. So I'm excited we have so much American Horror Story in store. So let's keep it coming, right? Yeah. Chris, where can people find you between now and next week?
1: I will be on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. What
0: about you, Tyler? You can also find me on both those platforms at TJ Moss. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and until next week, happy huntings.